0: One of the things that I had the joy of taking part in is teaching through um, a a course on how to understand, how to uh, study, even how to teach Hebrews. And uh, if you were in that class, you know that I did this shocking thing. I had us uh, take all of Hebrews chapter 11. Questions I got after this was, well, Kevin, would you actually preach it that way? And uh, my answer was, was yes, I would, um, and I've taught it that way before. A- a- and yet, to to everyone's relief, uh, we're not going to cover all forty verses today. We're gonna we're gonna break this up into a few weeks. So, uh, if you were one of those who were wondering, okay, how would you? and just give the 60,000-foot the, the you know, airliner flying over the mountains view? How, how, do you, how do you divide this up a little bit? Well, I'll give you one example here today and for the next two weeks. And to do that, I want to start with a question. What would it look like to have the approval in the uh, well done good and faithful servant that you so desire to hear Our beloved church what what we have before us here in Hebrews 11 this so famous chapter on faith is a series of, uh, of snapshots and what they are proclaiming to us is that you can have God's approval notice I didn't say you can earn it that's not what I'm arguing that's not what I believe Hebrews 11 but instead that you can have it, you can lay hold of it. What we have here is a photo album of how to have God's approval, examples of what it looks like, so that we can, by Christ's work through the indwelling then of the Holy Spirit, we can pattern our lives in these ways and have assurance of the faith. These verses then, These verses are meant to tell you and I how to live the life of faith. You know, we've been going throughout Hebrews all to this point, and it's been telling us these amazing, these grand truths. And I suspect, at least some of you, um, I know I have, been thinking, "Well, this is this is great. You know, this is a feast for 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 thinking deep thoughts on." But Very truths we've been talking about. What what does that look like? Well, Hebrews eleven is the answer. These are the illustrations of the sermon that is the book of Hebrews. This is what it looks like, and we need these if we're going to have hope. If we're going to live well, and by well I mean faithfully in, in light of the Lord and His grace and His righteousness. If we're going to hear the the well done of the Lord. These are what we need. So, let's make a start into Hebrews 11 this morning, and we're going to grow and be encouraged and be challenged together. If you're not already there yet, I'd encourage you to turn. Uh, This is one of, I find, um, the most encouraging chapters in the whole book of Hebrews. Challenges, too. Uh, We'll come to those. But those challenges are always met by encouragement. Here's how it starts. assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. So this is faith that believes in God. What is faith? It's believing in the things that God's people hope for. Ultimately, it's believing in God himself. Because here in Hebrews, the things hoped for are the promises that have been given to us in Christ. This is why it's so much better that that Christ is greater than any of the the Old Testament patriarchs. This is why Christ's promises matter so much more than than the power or the words of any angel. This is why Christ is the, the greater priest and king, even greater than Melchizedek. All of this is why. Jesus, the Christ. And so what has he done for us? Well, we've, we've read it here in Hebrews. We actually see it all throughout the Gospels. The entire Bible points toward it. It's He has given to all who believe salvation from our sins and eternal life in his kingdom. These are the very things that called for our endurance just one chapter ago in Hebrews. These verses are illustrations of what it looks like to not and using the words of Hebrews, to not shrink back from salvation. These are portraits of what it means to have faith and preserve your soul. Faith is not only belief that flows out of hope, but it's also, we read, conviction. It is, it is assurance. It is, it is trust in what cannot be seen. I often tell folks that everyone on this planet lives by faith of some kind. Everyone. Even the most atheistic or agnostic person. Um, After all, you can't directly see love. We can talk about it. We can see the effects of it. Behaviors of it. But you can't see love in and of itself. You can't actually touch hope. And yet even the most secular people of I know Faith is believing that what you can perceive with your senses is not all that there is. It's learning how to trust. It's it's the infant looking up at their mother or father and trusting them. It's the analogy I've often used, I know, it's getting on the airplane and you don't know the pilot, but you're trusting that that pilot knows what to do. Right? This is what faith looks like. It's this conviction that what we cannot see does, in fact, matter. That someday the faithful will see God, even as we don't directly see him right now, this moment. That's what faith is. But how can you and I become a people who live by and, and walk by and hope by this kind of faith? When we see those examples, In reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. And all examples of faith that pleases God. We have here several pictures of walking by faith in a time when people had far less recorded knowledge of God's works than we do today. Just a little side note by the way, should be a wake-up call. If people could walk by faith, if they could please God before the coming of Christ, before the advent of of Johannes Gutenberg and his printing press, um, then we certainly lack nothing either. Sometimes I think we forget that. We think, oh, it would have been so much easier back in Bible times to have faith or to trust the record of folks needing to learn how to trust and not always getting it right none of the examples here in this chapter do yet they trusted the lord even so even with their own wavering their own sin their own imperfection if they could do that you and i can too in fact we have no excuse So the first point, then, of having faith is believing that God created everything out of nothing. Uh, This calls us to believe that there is a God, and that he is the God spoken of here in the scriptures, and that our God has limitless power and authority, as our doctrinal statement puts it. So contrary to our uh, supposedly enlightened world, Think of it this way, um, to just take one common theory out there. Science can describe a a Big Bang, but it can't tell you where the matter or the initial energy for that came from. To even believe in a Big Bang, you would have to have faith, wouldn't you? Uh, Science can describe our solar system in amazing, intricate detail. Um, One of the things that that got me to take two astronomy classes way back in college to electives was because we had a professor at ISU who was a Christian, and, and he spoke about how he called us the, the privileged planet, and, and how, you know, you've heard some of this, you know, that the exact tilt of the earth, if it was off just a half a degree, would make, you know, the, the, the habitable parts where people could live even less, and, and with, you know, our our distance from the sun and the makeup of our atmosphere, he looked around and he was amazed. He said, how could there not be a creator? I mean, is it really just happenstance that the perfect conditions for life are here? So science can describe these things, but it can't account for the formation of planets in these exact orbits instead of some other configuration, but the reality is that everyone Take some things on faith. Everyone. Here, you and I are called to build our faith not upon just our own observations and theories, but instead we're called to have faith in God, that he is who he says he is, that he will do exactly what he has promised he will do. this faith then that Abel followed because his sacrifices unlike his brother Cain's were genuine heartfelt, offered as worship rather than simply as as duty. That's the only way that I can square the difference between the two because here Abel's faith is commended. This is the way, this is the, the path. His worship was correct and so even though his life was tragically ended by Cain Speaks. His faith that still provides the example. And of course, the chain just keeps going, doesn't it? Our next portrait is Enoch. We're told that he walked by faith and his faith was rewarded. Enoch was taken. We read. It's mysterious, isn't it? It seems that he did not taste death, he was directly taken to be with God. That's why, as verse 6 points out, we must have faith. It's because faith pleases our God. Faith is the the right response to who he is and who he says we are. If you've ever looked for a very simple definition of faith, I think that's a good one. Faith is how we rightly respond to God. That's what it looks like. And there's two fundamental, two... um truths that are wrapped up in this. The first is that to trust God, we have to believe in him. You have to believe that he exists, that that he is God, and you and I are not. After all, you can't have faith in not this kind of faith, in someone who is less than God or someone who's not in control. The second is that this God rewards those who to know and be known by him. As Christians, we want a right relationship with him. Unlike all the, the false gods of, uh, of Egypt or the Greeks or the Romans or any other religion, our God actually cares about us. I mean, isn't that what we will soon be celebrating with Advent and then Christmas? It, it, it's not that, that we've done a few things to try and make God happy, it's that God is the one who took the initiative. He is the one who sent Jesus. He is the one who takes rebels, sinners, and gives us his righteousness. But this is what it means to have faith. Do you believe that? Noah did. Noah's example is one of pleasing God by responding to what the Lord had gave Noah a warning. Noah responded to it. And therefore, Noah and his family were spared from the judgment waters of the flood. Noah is called out as being righteous, not because uh, he was some perfect person. If you know anything of what happens right after the flood with Noah, you'll know that's not the case at all. But instead, he is righteous because of the God that he trusted in, the God he obeyed, the God who rescued him. Bared Noah, and whom Noah depended upon. Right, these are three examples of faith that, that pleases God, and I wonder, do these describe your believing and your doing? Are you aiming to please God with your thinking? City that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable. Great Of that, right? We live in, in places where there's too much light to see a lot of the stars. But if you've ever been way out in the country on a dark and clear night, the stars just fill the sky. And God promised him that your descendants would be as innumerable as these stars. Right? have that, that little hints picked up here. God's promises have been kept, shall be kept, will be kept. And so what we see here is faith that trusts God. Abraham and Sarah provide examples of what it means to trust him, not just to know about the Lord or, or to know of him, um, you know, just some sort of knowledge that's out there. Oh, uh, I, I have to put this thing called gasoline in my car, and then I put this key thing in and turn it, and, and there's something about fire. what we see here is a faith that actually lives in a way that depends upon God. Abraham is listed first, and his example shows us an obedience that trusts even beyond what he's able to see, further than what Abraham was able to control. I think that's a crucial point, because friends, our own control issue, to be able to monitor everything, uh, your, your mail coming in. You can sign up for um, what's that USPS informed delivery thing. It'll send you literally scans of you know, photos of your mail so you can know what's coming. Um, we're, we're told that we can be in control. You know, uh, These days you can use your smartphone to control the temperature in your home. So that as you approach your front door, the lights come on, the AC kicks on, the the door unlocks. We're used to being in control. And so when we're not in control, everything falls apart, doesn't it? It's one of our greatest struggles. These control issues are not just the way you and I are. Instead, they are challenges for us to trust the Lord more than our tech, more than our society, more than our Abraham followed the Lord, literally moving and raising his family in a land that was foreign to him, in a place that was not friendly to him. Why did he do that? I mean, you got to remember, Abraham's not going um, because of, of uh, better opportunities. Um, he's not going because he's, you know, received some sort of earthly inheritance. He's, he's going because God has said, hey, I'm going to make a promise, and if you respond to this, you will be blessed. That's why he's going. Or, I think even better said, because it's what the Bible says, we read, he's doing this because what he ultimately sought was not any village or city or or even life, in a sense, on this earth, not the good life here. On the Lord and on the Lord's promises yet to come. He was after a dwelling place that is greater than anything humanity could ever come up with. One that could only be designed and created and sustained by God Himself. Right? Isn't that something that our society and real, probably every society is after? Right? All of our ideas about this sort of utopian, well, if we can get everyone enough education, if we can establish you know, a, a, a wage that's fair to everyone so everyone can be taken care of. If there can be enough health care resources for everyone, what we're talking about is utopia. And I get, in a sense, you know, we've got to try and figure this out as as humans in this time and this society, and there's different ways and different views on how to do that. And But really, the only way that's truly going to happen for everyone everywhere who trusts the Lord Ultimately, if God brings it about, because that's the definition of what heaven is, isn't it? No more sickness, no more death, no more hurts or trials or pain, no more suffering, no more injustice. The only place where that will be fully true is in heaven. doesn't mean that we don't care to try anything now. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it takes faith. inbuilt desires that we have, Abraham recognized them. That's why he was willing to trust the Lord and go to this foreign land, trusting all of God's promises. Sarah, we read, her faith was no different. You know, I think one of the sad things is that sometimes Sarah gets a bad name because of how she seemed to initially dismiss the Lord's words in Genesis, But take careful note here. What's highlighted is her ultimate trust. And that's good news, isn't it? Even our lapses in faith, even even the places where we're, we're not strong in the faith, by God's grace, those don't condemn us. No, it was Sarah's faith in what God had said was true that not only gave her a child when she was certain that such a thing could never happen, but also that all of God's promises—promises promises of a whole family tree filled with with kids, a, a land to call home, uh, promises of God's personal protection and blessing—it was trust that the Lord would deliver on those promises. That's what sustained her. That's why she's called out here. Will you trust the Lord even when you can't figure everything out, especially when you? Said that even right now, I was watching something last night, and of course, you know, like everything else, you know, the commercials come on. They're all political, it seems these days. Um, about how terrible everything is. Do you realize that God is even in greater, bigger, larger control than the things that we either celebrate or? We the Lord even when we don't understand. Lord, why is it this way? Why can't it be different? How long, oh Lord, is the cry from the scriptures? And his answer ultimately is to trust him a little while longer yet. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to be in charge. Of In some ways, this is almost a, a bit of a summary. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. And this is faith that acts for God. You need to know something else about faith, then, as we conclude, uh, with the possible exception here of Enoch. All of these examples talked about have died. Every one of them. They died before Christ's return. Um, Just as um, all of the funerals we have performed at this church are people who have died before Christ's return. They died before receiving what they hoped for. And yet, this is crucial. They lived with trust that God would bring about. So this, I think, in some ways, this has never been easy, but it's harder even today, because we don't we don't have this sort of long term view. Um, in my family, my father was the first one to go to college. Um, to be frank, they grew up pretty poor, um, not quite dirt poor, but one level above that, and it was my my grandparents' hope that one of their kids would be able to go. They would scrimp. They would save. They were doing everything they could to try and make this dream possible. And you know what's interesting about it, if you think, why did they do that? It didn't really benefit grandma and grandpa. They're doing it for a future hope, for another generation. It was that sort of sacrificial forward thinking. This is the the old sort of thinking of, well, you know, parents want their kids to have a better life than their own. That would be, you know, kind of a, a worldly thinking of it. And so often we don't even have that concept because our world tells us live for now. It's all about you. It's all about your pleasure in this moment. No. As we see here, these who died in faith lived with somewhere greater. They lived as if this world was, what's the hymn? Not my home, I'm just a passing through. They lived seeking a homeland. Not just a a place to dwell or a name on a passport, but a place where they would live in God's blessing forever. That's what they were after. And that place can only be provided then by God himself. That's why they had to trust in him. That's why um, Abraham and didn't go back and, oh, let's build a new Tower of Babel. We can do it better, Babel 2.0. No. Instead, they kept their hope, their trust, their faith, fixed upon the Lord as they sought him, living in a way that pleased him, that, that trusted him, that even trusted him for forgiveness when they didn't please him. And this, they lived and acted based on their faith. And what was the result of all that? this week. How do we have this flourish among us? Well, let me offer three ways. I, I'm sure there's 30 or 300. Here's my three. You can feel free to add applications for yourself. Uh, the first, I think, is by reading stories of We need to see what this kind of faith looks like because we need examples, don't we? Um, There's a difference between. So right now I'm building a a deck on my house. Um, Long story short, that was that was a COVID project, and now we're what three years later? (laughs) Oops! Uh, But we're finally getting it done. There's a real difference between, in my case, having my father tell. how you you put the stringers and the supports, and and here's where you need the the brackets to tie it all together, versus him showing me. Now you've seen this, right? Perhaps in your own job or at school, or you know, with the math problem. There's a difference between here's the answer and okay, let me show you how to work this problem. Okay, well that's what we need in the faith too. We need examples of that. Okay, I, I know what this says, but how do I live it? Praise God. The author of Hebrews, here's how you live it. This is what it looks like. That's the first thing we need. Read and reread examples of faith. Not just Hebrews 11. You'll find this all over the scriptures. Here's the second. Don't just read, but we need to hear stories of faith. So we have kind of a a past with the scriptures. What about present? What does it look like to trust God? in 2023 in Sioux City, in this tri-state area. You know, this is just preliminary. This is just me lobbing something out there. One of the things I would love to see us do more of as a congregation is to have some sort of brief, regular time where a person can share what the Lord's been doing in their life. It doesn't have to be the the grand, you know, salvation story. You know, I was a dictator of a small country, and now it's all changed, right? I mean, I, we, those are what's always celebrated with, you know, online stuff and movies. And, and hey, if that's you, I, I want to hear it because that would be pretty cool. But what about just today? Oh, the kids at the lunch table were making fun of Jesus. Here's what I said. Oh, you know, my, my boss wasn't so happy what that needs to look like. Um, maybe we have testimony time. Maybe we, re- we record videos and, and, and show them. But if you want to be a part of that, let the office know. A- and even better than letting us know, start praying. Let's, let's see what that could be. Because I think that would be a blessing for all of God's people here in ways large and small. Faith is built by prayer. It's built by prayer, by asking the Lord to give it to us and to grow it in us, ultimately. Um, Yes, there's a a part of faith that's knowledge. That's what we've been reading and seeing right here. Um, There's a part of faith that's encouragement. Uh, You know, it's it's the, hey, this sort of life is possible. That's what my second point was was getting at folks who are who are struggling to do this well, and hey, we can do this. And then there's a part of it, and these aren't in any order, don't take it that way, but there's the foundational part of it, which is we need God to give it to us, to grow it into us, to produce it in us. It'd be a great thing to add to the prayer list this week, wouldn't it? And I think we can make a great start at that right here. Throughout the scriptures show us, just as the pictures of how you have cared for Israel tell us, just as the words that Jesus taught and lived in front of his disciples example to us. Would you delight to bless your people? What we desperately need. Called to be faithful even beyond what we feel competent at or skillful at. But we're called to to step out, trusting. Son, our faith in the Spirit that indwells. Would you build us